Welcome to the Live, Move, Feel podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Aitken. I'm an exercise physiologist with close to 15 years experience and movement is my cup of tea. Now, we know that there's a strong link between movement, mindset and lifestyle. So I hope this podcast will leave you with a few takeaways that allows you to live your life to the fullest. So put your earbuds in, get moving, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Live, Move, Feel podcast. Now I am back to running this one solo. I know I've done a couple of guest episodes um, over the last few weeks. So two of those were actually with nutrition coach Ash Norton. Uh, So if you haven't listened to those ones, I would actually jump back in and um, give them a listen because there are so many practical applications and tips that you can take away and factor into your routine straight away. So some really good episodes and some really good content there. Now, today, what I'm going to be talking about is what we can do. So a few practical strategies and tips that we can try if you are struggling to feel a certain muscle or muscle group work in your training sessions. I think this is probably something that I come across or hear multiple times per week with people that I am training. Um, And I also feel it's something that everyone has experienced at least once in their gym journey or their training journey where we're really struggling to feel a certain muscle activate or work as much as we would like it to. Now, before I get into the nitty gritty here, One thing that I do think it is important to understand is that some muscles are going to be more responsive um, in the sense of feeling them than others. So one or two that come to mind quite quickly are usually biceps and triceps. So it can be much, much easier to get that burning sensation um, and to feel your biceps and your triceps working over some other muscle groups. Okay, And I know a lot of people tend to find that their glutes, for example, are one of the primary muscle groups that they tend to really struggle to activate and feel with certain exercises. Um, And I think the burning sensation that we feel with some exercises and with some muscle groups, that's going to come from a whole range of different aspects, such as the tempo that you're using, um, whether you're doing high reps or low reps, how many sets you're doing, what your rest periods are like. Are you taking long rest periods or are you taking short rest periods? The intensity that you're putting into that particular exercises. So all of those particular factors are going to contribute to how much you may feel a muscle working in a particular exercise. And that is really, really important to understand. In saying all of this, one other thing we do need to remember is that just because you aren't necessarily feeling a really intense burn in a muscle during an exercise doesn't automatically mean that you're not effectively training that muscle. Okay. Now, one example here is that when we're lifting um, heavier and we're using a slightly lower rep range, so we might be working in the four to six or maybe the, the six to eight, even the eight to 10 rep range, we're not going to be getting the same type of burning sensation um, and feeling in those muscles as we will if we're working, you know, upwards of 12 or 15 reps. So your rep range is definitely going to play a part as to I guess how distinctly you're going to be feeling a certain muscle group working. Okay, now what I'm going to do, I'm going to jump straight into this and I'm going to run through four different key strategies that you can implement and you might have to practice some of these, but four things that you can do to improve your ability to feel a muscle or a specific muscle working during your training sessions. Okay, so the first thing that you really need to focus on and perhaps review is your execution. 
Okay, so your technique. Now, um, how you perform an exercise is always going to have the greatest carryover potential to someone properly recruiting a muscle. And if you're choosing the correct movements for a muscle group and your technique is spot on or pretty good, then that muscle has no choice but to be recruited. Okay, so that muscle will be working. So if your execution and your technique is not quite on the money, then this can be a really key reason as to why you're not feeling the muscles you want to be feeling work in that particular exercise. So let's just look at a few examples that I commonly see here when it comes to technique. Now, I think um, I'm going to do a one an example for glutes because I think everyone or a lot of people I know struggle to feel glutes working in various exercises. But one that I'm going to start with, a good example here might be someone who struggles to feel their lats engage. And this might be in pull-ups, it might be in lap pull-downs, okay? But when we assess their technique, what we find is that perhaps their shoulders are hitched right up near their ears and they're really failing to get that scapular depression. So being able to pull their shoulder blades down from their ears and we need that to help recruit and engage the lats in the downward part of your pull um, or the, the pull up if you're doing chin-ups. Okay, now if we can improve that person's execution and that person's technique in relation to their scap engagement and their scapular movement, what we often also find is that it's going to improve their recruitment of the muscle group they're struggling to feel and that would be their lats. Okay, so really, really important there when it comes to technique, engagement, movement, mobility. Another example, as I said before, is going to be someone who is struggling to feel their glutes. And let's use the hip thrust as an example here. Now, again, if we look at that person's technique, what we might find is that either their feet are too far away from their body and they're actually feeling more hamstring engagement, or maybe their feet are going to be too close to their body and they're getting more quad engagement. Okay, so there's two very quick adjustments that we can make to technique there to help um, place the bias more on the glutes. One of the other common reasons that people might struggle to feel their Uh, glutes in a hip thrust is because they're actually extending or arching through the lower back at the top of the movement. So when they lift that bar or that Smith machine up, what they're actually doing is arching through the low back. They're working too high rather than making an effort to really tuck that tailbone under, squeeze the glutes at the top. And that is going to see that they're loading their lower back. Okay. And in that situation, we're always going to be feeling lower back over feeling the glutes, which is what we're really wanting to be focusing on. Okay. So execution here does matter. If you want to feel a specific muscle working more, firstly, what I would do is just ensure that your, your technique and your execution is promoting the goal that you are after. So get your technique assessed. If you find that you are doing an exercise and it might be an isolation exercise where it should be really clear in terms of the muscle that you're wanting to be feeling working. If that is not happening, video your form, get a trainer or somebody else to, I guess, a friend if they know what they're doing, but get them to look over your form while you're working through a few reps and see if you can pick up any downfalls in your technique. Okay. Now, what happens if your technique is good, but you still can't feel a muscle working? And that that does happen quite a bit in the gym. So we might be looking at how someone is moving, um, their technique through their RDLs or their Romanian deadlifts, for example, is actually pretty good, but they still can't really feel 
um, a lot of things working in terms of maybe their glutes or their hamstrings. So what I'm going to cover in the next few points are a few other strategies that you can try if you're still not feeling the muscle working that you're wanting to work and your technique and execution are pretty much on the money. So the second thing that you can try, and this is really, really important, is to slow your reps down. And Another thing we commonly see in the gym, people rushing through reps, and I don't think they always know that they're doing it, um, but there is no tempo to those reps. It's up, down, up, down, up, down as fast as they possibly can, and I don't know if they're just wanting to get that set done and dusted, Um, but slowing your reps down can be a really, really valuable tool in helping you work, sorry, or feel a certain muscle more specifically. The more advanced a lifter is, if they're in the gym, then generally the better their ability is to quickly recruit the muscle fibers that they're wanting to engage or feel or utilize in that exercise. Okay, so generally they're more neurologically efficient. And that simply means that their ability to pull off a a movement um, in a way that almost appears effortless is very, very natural. So they're recruiting the necessary muscle fibers and using the necessary muscle groups quite easily. And what we need to remember here is that lifting technique is a skill. Okay, And that's why I think a lot of, not just bodybuilders, but anyone who trains on a regular basis and they've put a lot of time into working um, on their technique, they generally have very good form and very good recruitment patterns. Okay, However, this is not always going to be the case for a beginner or a more intermediate lifter or someone who is still learning their way around different movement patterns in the gym. So those people there still have... I guess, a need to build up their neurological efficiency um, to be able to more easily recruit the muscle fibers they're wanting to when they move through a certain lift. So this is why it can be really beneficial to use a controlled tempo. And when we say slow down your reps, what we're generally looking at here is slowing down the eccentric portion of the rep. So that's when the muscles are lengthening. And I will give you a few examples there. And it's not something that we have to do forever. Um, It is a training tool and it's something that we use as well to increase time under tension So the time for which a muscle is working, Um, but slowing down the rep speed can generally greatly improve someone's ability to understand what muscles they're actually trying to recruit rather than just rushing up and down, up and down, up and down with their reps. Okay. So if um, we tell a beginner or someone who has never felt their lats or their glutes working to try and contract their glutes or their lats, they're not really going to have any idea what they should be feeling, okay, let alone trying to engage those muscles when they're actually working in an exercise. So slowing down your reps using tempo is going to be really, really valuable. Now, in terms of how you slow down your reps, some examples here might be your hip thrust. You're going to lift that bar up to the top of your hip thrust position And then we're going to really control the downward phase. That's when the muscles are lengthening. That is your eccentric phase. So we might lower down over, say, three seconds. We're going to lift that bar back up to the top, and then we're going to lower down over three seconds again. Now, another example here on slowing down your reps would be your RDL or your Romanian deadlift. Again, from the top, we're going to slow down the lowering phase. As we hinge into that RDL, we might work again over a two or three second hinge. Or if you're really wanting to put in more of an emphasis on it, you might even take that up to a five second eccentric. So lowering down over five seconds, standing back up as per normal, and then repeating that particular tempo. Um, with your lat 
pull down. For example, you would pull that bar down, you would pause for a second at the bottom, and then we're going to control the upward phase of the bar. So that would be where you would put in your slower tempo, your three seconds on the way up, your four seconds on the way up. So we're really starting to, um, I guess, engage and recruit for a longer period of time the muscles that you are wanting to feel and the muscles you're wanting to work in those exercises. Okay, so tip number two, slow your reps down if you're struggling to feel a certain muscle group working. Now, point number three, another thing that you can try if you are struggling to feel a muscle working is to add pauses into your reps. So just as slowing down your rep speed can help us to learn to more effectively feel a muscle, pauses can also play a really important role in terms of recruitment. So Adding a pause into a rep simply means that we're using an isometric contraction. So an isometric hold or an isometric pause or contraction is when a muscle is recruited. So it's working, it's under load, but it's not actually changing its length. It's not getting longer and it is not getting shorter. So an example of pausing or adding an isometric pause or hold would be at the bottom of your squat position. So the quads are in a lengthened position. But if you pause at the bottom of your squat, you hold, there is tension on the muscle, they're not actually lengthening or shortening anymore in this specific part of the movement. So the muscle is simply being recruited there without any further stretching or shortening. Okay, so the benefit of putting a paused rep or paused reps into your exercise or your sets is that it's going to improve neural drive to a muscle. So neural drive, generally involves the nervous system sending signals to a muscle and that's via motor units. So motor units are then what tells a muscle that it needs to be recruited and it needs to start working. So the more signals that we can send to recruit a muscle is obviously going to be a very good thing for someone who is struggling to feel um, a muscle working during an exercise. Okay, So this is perhaps another reason why when we use glute activation work with people, um, it can be really helpful to put paused reps into their warm-up sets, such as a paused hip thrust. So lift that bar up, or if you're using a band, lift your hips up to the top of your hip thrust, put a pause there. Okay, so the pause or the isometric contraction for your hip thrusts goes where the muscles, so the glutes, are under the most tension. Okay, and that is going to be at the top of the hip thrust. So it's a great way to start to activate and feel those muscles before someone then actually goes into their working sets of hip thrusts. So let me give you a few more examples of where you may be wanting to add pauses uh, to certain exercises to help you feel a muscle group working. Now, remember, we need to add our pause where the exercise is going to be the hardest. So if we're squatting, we add our pause at the bottom of the rep not the top of the rep because nothing's under load really at the top of the rep. Okay, we're pausing at the bottom. The quads are lengthened. There is tension in the quad muscles, pausing there, then standing back up. I can guarantee if you're putting a pause at the bottom of every squat rep, um, even if you're doing it with body weight, you should absolutely start to feel your quads um, be working. Now, if you're bench pressing or you're doing some form of chest press, we're going to pause at the bottom of the rep. So again, where the muscles are lengthened, we're not in a resting position. We keep tension on the muscles, okay? And then we push that weight back up. So your paused rep for a bench press is going to go at the bottom. If we're doing lateral raises, so if you think of 
your lateral flies, for example, lateral raises with dumbbells, your pause here is not going to be at the bottom. It's going to be at the top. Okay, so as you lift those arms or those dumbbells out to the side, you are going to be pausing for a one or two seconds at the top of each rep. That is where the muscle is shortened. That is where your delts are going to be working their hardest. So that is where your pause goes. Okay, now just a side note there, another reason a lot of people, because it does come up on a very regular basis for me, a lot of people when they come into lateral raises often report feeling their upper traps working and taking over more than their delts. Now, if that is the case, there's a few things that you might want to look at. So we obviously need to look at technique. We need to look at what your your scaps are doing. Um, but often it can also be resolved by simply dropping the weight back a bit. So using a lighter weight where your delts actually have the opportunity to work so that weight is not overwhelming that muscle is going to be a really simple way in general for a lot of people to stop over recruiting the upper traps and to actually get the lats in um sorry the delts involved okay and one more here in terms of pauses hip thrusts as we said we want to be pausing at the top of the rep and if you are doing what's another one your lat pull down we want to be putting that pause in at the bottom of your lat pull down so pull that bar down pause for a second under your chin and then control that bar as it comes back to the top position. Okay, so the pause, guys, when you put pop them in, it does not have to be super long. Anywhere between one to two, two to three seconds for each pause can actually do wonders in terms of recruitment for a muscle. Okay, so I would also give that a go if you're struggling to feel your muscles working and just see if that helps with recruitment. Okay. Because it certainly should if, if your technique is on point as well. Okay. Now let's just look at one more strategy here that you can try if you're still struggling to feel those muscles work. And this one is actually about adjusting your exercise order. So the thing we know about exercise order is that it's going to impact your strength potential. So if there's an exercise that you most want to get stronger on, then the best thing you can do is actually place this first in your workout. Okay, so this is why in general, you will probably see if someone is doing your programming, um, if you're watching other people train in the gym and they have a good training background, you're generally going to have your big compound lifts programmed at the start of your workout. So things like your squats, your deadlifts, your bench press, um, maybe your chin-ups. Um, an overhead press, they're going to be programmed at the start of the workout, okay? Because as we go along, our nervous system is only going to become increasingly fatigued, okay? So those particular muscles, they're compound lifts. Um, they're obviously higher risk compared to doing a dumbbell bicep curl. So we want to give that person the greatest ability to perform at their highest level by putting those exercises first in a program. Now, having said that, just as doing an exercise early is going to allow you to lift more weight because your nervous system is not so fatigued, the same goes as you fatigue during a workout. So the more tired we become, the lower our ability is to gain a really great muscle contraction in a shortened position. Okay, And that's where we really want to be feeling those muscles work. I don't know if anyone has ever for example, walked into the gym and actually trained biceps first in their workout. I know it's not something that we commonly do, but you might um, have a particular training split where one day you're training biceps in with your back. Okay. So you might train um, 
have a big back training day and that's going to involve a lot of pull-based work, which is elbow flexion, which is also going to recruit our biceps if we're doing things such as chin-ups, lat pull-downs, different row variations. So even though we're training back there, our biceps are also going to be recruited. Now, if you do two, three or four exercises for your back and you might then go and sit on the preacher curl and do a few sets of bicep curls, I can guarantee that your ability to recruit and engage those biceps is going to be a lot lower than if you had walked into the gym, done a very quick warm-up and sat down at that preacher curl and done that as your very first exercise. Adjusting exercise order sometimes can actually help us feel or recruit or better recruit, I should say, um, a certain muscle group, particularly if it's one that we've been struggling to create a mind-muscle connection with. Okay, so that ability to create that mind-muscle connection, that ability to contract a muscle really strongly in its shortened position is going to be lowered as we become more fatigued. Um, I'm not saying you should walk in to the gym and do your bicep curls first exercise in every session. But if, for example, your emphasis is on perhaps recruiting your biceps um, and feeling your biceps and getting good engagement and time under tension and good contraction there, then you may well want to factor them in at the start of a workout if that is going to be appropriate and specific to your goals. In some instances, it can be really helpful to try a training phase where you do place the movements um, or the exercises that you're struggling to engage with first in your workout. So again, for glutes, it might be a case of if you are really wanting to prioritize glutes, you put your hip thrust movements or your RDLs in at the very start of a program and you don't put them sort of three, four, five exercises down. So often just by rotating the order of your exercises can really help someone to, I guess, feel what they're wanting to feel and get a better engagement out of those particular muscle groups rather than always leaving those particular exercises until late in the workout when we are already quite fatigued. So hopefully that has given you a few suggestions and ideas as to some strategies that you can try if you are feeling, sorry, struggling to feel a muscle group work during a particular exercise. So if we do a quick recap on that, the first thing that we want to be doing is reviewing our technique. So make sure firstly that your technique is on point um, because if your technique is out the window, then it's no wonder that you're going to be struggling to feel a muscle group working. So review your technique, okay? Point number two, slow down your reps. So engage or use tempo in your sets and with your certain exercises. We want to be using tempo and slow reps over the eccentric phase. So over the phase of the rep when the muscles are getting longer. Okay. So when they're lengthening and I gave you examples um, back in that particular section of this episode, the third thing that we can do is pop pauses in. So used use paused reps and we want to be putting the pauses in where the rep is the hardest. So for a squat, for example, that is going to be at the bottom of your squat position. And then the fourth thing that we can try if we're still not getting good engagement or we're really still not feeling a muscle group working is to adjust your exercise order. So put those exercises in where you are really wanting to prioritize those particular muscle groups at the start of your program rather than running them, you know, four or five exercises deep into your session. Okay, so four things that you can try straight away to get better activation of the muscles that you're not feeling work as much as you like. Now, in summary, guys, don't freak out if you're not always feeling, quote, a certain muscle, okay? 
you know, often as well, it's because a lot of people associate weights with extreme burns from things like booty bands. So you really don't have to be feeling an intense burn with a muscle all the time through every set and every rep um, to be getting an effective workout and to be effectively training that muscle. So true lifting is not always going to give you the same burn. Okay, and I sort of touched on a few other variables that you would need to take into consideration as to why or why not, why or why you may not be feeling that really intense burn with certain exercises. So what we want to feel when we lift is a muscle lengthen and shorten. Okay, so in a a nutshell, we want to feel that muscle getting longer and getting shorter. Ideally, we should be feeling the muscle throughout the movement. But again, we don't always need to get an intense burn. Okay, so a burn is not a sign of effectively training a certain muscle group. Okay, so as I said, if you are struggling with muscle recruitment, try some of those strategies that I have just run through. Um, I use them quite regularly um, when I am in the gym myself, but also when I am working with people to help them get better mind-muscle connection with those particular muscles. So guys, if you found that episode useful, um, I would love if you can take a screenshot of it, pop it up on your story. You can tag me at Gemily underscore Fizz. And until next week, have a great week, guys. Keep moving, put your earbuds in, and I'll be back with another episode soon. Thank you.